Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Calgary Bros Football Podcast. This is Uncle CB here, and I've got Victor Speck on the other side. What's up, y'all? Happy New Year, everybody. It's been a fantastic, uh, you know, start to the year so far. Yes, it has been. Um, with uh, all of us uh, sticking to our New Year's resolutions and, uh, you know, being, uh, you know, great, great people. What's your What's your New Year's resolution? Don't lie. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really have any, but my New Year's resolution is uh, hopefully I can lose some weight. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I've been really fantastic by eating less... Uh, you know, sweets and, uh, yeah, <laughs> but we'll see how that goes, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but, um, apart from that, uh, I hope you guys all had a great, um, you know, new year's, uh, celebration. Yeah. Happy new year guys. Yeah. And, uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, some, some nice, beautiful things like football, football, a, be- a beautiful game for everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, starting off with, uh, you know, the, the weekend, since the last time we did our show, uh, we ran, um, I think we covered, uh, United against Newcastle Yes, and then United played against Burnley just the other week. And Mm -hmm. then this week, uh, actually today, uh, United played, um, uh, Wolves. So So two games on the spin. So two games on the spin. So in the last, last session, uh, we kind of went over and we chatted about um, <clears throat> uh, we chatted about uh, Ragnik and uh, the team and how the team is performing mm-hmm. and the issues that you know we're experiencing with uh, Manchester United. Yeah. Um, you know, only for them uh, to win one game <laughs> and then lose another game. So, which is classic uh, Manchester United. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Um, I know you didn't really watch uh, this game, but um, you know, I'm going to kind of give my own coverage. Did you at least catch the Burnley game at all? I saw a bit of it, yeah, but I was working, so I was uh, really mm. sidetracked with that one. Okay. Um, but you guys seem to have played good, but also Burnley had chances. Mm. Um, but for the most part, you guys controlled the game well, so it was it was good to see, right, from what I saw. And uh, obviously, there they should have been improvements heading into the Wolves game, but I didn't watch the Wolves game to really know what really happened. Yeah. So maybe there were some improvements. Uh no, so the Burnley game. Look honestly, I don't know how you say control because we did not have control. I know you were probably watching bits, parts, and bobs yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, was. Um, we had chances, yes, mm-hmm. and we took those chances well. We scored, but uh, against uh, Burnley, we uh, we it was kind of the same. The only difference is Burnley is just bad. Mm-hmm. You know, Newcastle, for example, we were playing at St James Park at home. They were fighting for uh, for for the Jordies out uh, you know north, out in the northeast of England. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they're putting everything on the line, uh, putting their best foot forward. The, the, they knew that if they played their hearts out, they could get a result against Manchester United. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, Burnley has been absolutely decimated with injuries. They've been decimated with injuries. They're not playing well, um, and uh, they. Uh, you know, they, they just, they, they look like a team, if this continues, that a championship team. Like, right now, Burnley looks like a championship team. Now, that could change with the whole COVID craziness, the injuries and all that. Mm-hmm. That could change, and then you can see them, you know, uh, climb back up. But they don't look very good. Yeah. Um, so, with Burnley, you had that, you, you, you had that with them. But uh, the one thing was, control wasn't really a thing for me. Like, I watched that game, it was a boring game, 3-1. 
just the way I like it. I don't want us to be like, you know, winning games like 5-4 or something ridiculous like that. Because mm-hmm. then that means like you're getting blown out, right? Like, yeah. you know, there's sometimes, like like when I say blown out, as in like your defense is getting blown out and there's an issue there. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then sometimes you can appreciate that if like the consistent performance from Manchester United is, is there. But uh, the reality is, um, uh, the reality is, you know, sometimes you want those boring games. Mm-hmm. But, you also want when I say boring, you also want a game where it's like four nothing boring, five yeah. nothing boring, mm-hmm. right? Like you dominate possession, you dominate the other team, you pass them out of the blocks, um, and you get the goals that you that you wanna that you wanna get, mm-hmm. right? So uh that's that's that piece there. But on the other hand, uh, chatting about Wolves, and I, I, it's kind of crazy that we're getting right into this because I know we have a lot to kind of you know cover today. We have United, we also have Chelsea. There's a lot that's happening with Chelsea, and I want to go into that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, to kind of start off with the game today, uh, you know, get right into it. Wolves, uh, the Wolves game was just an absolute joke. Mm-hmm. Honestly, Wolves should have won that game. But the one thing that I've noticed that, you know, because I always try to, like, gauge my sentiments. How am I feeling when I'm watching this game? Like, you know, what am I, what do I feel like? Are we, you know, I, I, you know, no, 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 no. As in my emotional state when okay. I watch it. Not, mm-hmm. not even how do I feel about the results? How do I feel about the performance and all that? Yeah. And I'll be honest, I did not. Once again, I'm getting into that state where Ole, when Ole was the manager, um, I didn't really feel anything, mm-hmm. right? I don't really care about the result. If we won 5 nothing, I don't give a shit because mm-hmm. you know what? Tomorrow, we're going to lose a game 2-1, right? If we won the game, you know, if we lost the game like we did, one nothing, mm-hmm. I don't care because tomorrow, we may go win the game 3-1, right? If we, if we, um, if we tied, well, so be it, right? Mm-hmm. But I just, I just don't really feel anything. And a lot of people uh, will will look at things and say, "Hey, you know what? Um, Manchester, uh, 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 what they call it? They say, you know what? Manchester should um, be winning all this game. Manchester United should be winning all these games, right? Like, you know, we should be dominating. We should be, you know, uh, because there's still something to, for us to fight for. Mm-hmm. But I've been down this road, like, and I think a lot of United fans are kind of have been down this path, right? What is it? Is the I don't know. Is it deja vu? De, deja vu, sorry, or uh, or or, or rigmarole of uh, you know the the uh, of this Manchester United team? Mm-hmm. We've been down this path, right? It was with Ole, even to a point. It was with Mourinho, uh, Van Gaal, all of them. We get a result today. We're not consistent enough. We win three games, we lose one game. We win two games, we lose one game. We win one game, we lose two games. Like. It's a it's a thing now. Like it this this is this is the new like people always like to talk about the DNA of Manchester United. This is the DNA now. Mm-hmm. Um and uh what are the solutions to stop that? You know what I mean? What are the what are the things to you know, what are the things to, to make to uh, to make things change? What are the changes that needs to be made? Mm-hmm. We said, okay, earlier we said Ole needs to go. Right? Everybody agreed. How is this guy, you know, still the manager of Manchester United? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, we got Raf Ragnick. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, I'm not gonna lie, I was ecstatic, man. I was so freaking happy. But I'm gonna have to eat my words on this one, man. <laughs> I'm gonna have to, bro. Like, this is this. You know, I usually, I you know, I, I'm I usually bet on myself to get a lot of things right. Mm-hmm. But I think it's too early to make any decision. But so far, man, I don't wanna, 
I, I want to jump the gun because every single time I've been playing the patient game, I, I've been I, I keep telling people I've been playing the patient game for three years, uh-huh. right? So I'm always playing. It, I'm always sitting back. I'm always like, okay, I'm going to put away my own personal needs because this is the way I am in nature. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I put a lot. I sacrificed when I played as a player, even myself at work, even how I've how I've been successful in the things I do today is by sacrificing a lot of what I want. Mm-hmm. For what I feel that a team needs, right? Yes. So, so as a fan, I'll kick, I'll kick back and I'll shut up and I'll just say, "Hey, look, my team is not very good." You know, no use being negative, right? Mm-hmm. No use calling this guy out. No use calling that guy out. I'll shut my mouth out. Shut my mouth up. It doesn't help, right? And yes, that to an extent, negativity doesn't help. But if you can find a way to be constructive with what is happening, I believe that you know you can be able to you know solve. Uh, not not solve the problem, but at least it, it actually is therapeutical when you're honest with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. When you're honest with people, when you when you open up and you say the truth, like the way it is, like, hey, this is not good. This is not right. What I'm seeing here is poor. Why is it poor? This cannot be the way it, it should keep on going, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes people want to be blinded by delusion that they say, oh, no, don't worry. It's too soon. It's too early. But it's like, well, this has been happening for so long. Mm-hmm. And then Ragnik comes in. And you say, okay, you know what? We actually have a great footballing mind now. Mm-hmm. At least that is somewhere in the club. But no changes. We're still seeing McTominay on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, he put in Mat- Matic, right? Okay, that's fine. But the one, the, the one thing we've learned is McTominay has been consistent with inconsistent performances for Manchester United. Mm-hmm. Against Burnley, he had a career performance, and everybody were gassing him up on the internet. And I was like, "Are you guys, have you guys lost the plot? Like, <laughs> since when, since when did, since when did McTominay become this, albeit all-knowing, phenomenal midfielder all of a sudden? How? Like, t- could somebody tell me how? Yeah. Right? And I and I've asked this question a million times, and nobody, and and, and the guys who keep, you know, and maybe this is just, maybe I'm 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 being I'm picking on the wrong group here, but. I find it's mostly the guys up in Europe that are doing this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Mike Tommy, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, like, they just start gassing these guys up. And I'm just like, okay, guys, I get it. Like, he had a good good game. Fair play to him. Be positive. Mm-hmm. But let's be realistic. It's against Burnley. Yeah. It's against freaking Burnley, man. Right? Like, they're not they're not a good team. It doesn't make McTominay a uh, uh, premiership Top four midfielder overnight. Top mm-hmm. six. Even I'll even say he, relegation even. Right? So I'll even say he should be in a championship. I think it's a little bit harsh. But at least in the top ten in the Barclays Premier League, how is it that McTominay is the you know, is a starting consistent starting midfielder for your team? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um um uh the 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 problem like the the people are just becoming like people just have become so delusional now. It's like it's not even a it's, it's not even a joke anymore, man. Like, um, and then at the end of the day, you know the you know the funny thing, we're sitting here talking about all this stuff, and then Arsenal now, which in my opinion has more of a delusional fan base because they have been stuck in the wilderness for so long, mm-hmm. they are starting to like actually get their shit together. Yeah, like they, their team actually is getting their shit together. Mm-hmm. You know, we won't watch the, the the highlights for Arsenal against City, mm-hmm. and. Nine out of uh, eleven of those highlights were Arsenal. were Arsenal. Yeah, were all Arsenal. Mm-hmm. They just got unlucky, right? So it looks like it looks like teams like that are figuring their shit out. And then Tottenham. And then and then even Tottenham too to an extent. Mm-hmm. But 
but um uh but united because of how much our fan base are so deluded you know and they're now getting further into that delusion because because of the way the team the team is struggling and the mm-hmm. way the team is not performing they want they want a taste of goodness a yeah. taste of you something know something new. that they are willing to like you know just be positive for absolutely nothing yeah you got to be constructive you got to hold these managers accountable, accountable yeah. you got to hold these um uh players accountable <clears throat> right and because of that i don't think this team would ever move forward unless the fan base really really steps this game up Manchester United will not move forward. Mm-hmm. We will eventually, we will get stuck in the wilderness that we will become worse than Arsenal. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can't remember what episode that I said it. I think, um, what was it again? I can't remember. I think it was either the Liverpool game, 5 nothing. We didn't fire Ole yet. All that jazz. And I, and I came up and I said, like, United are done. Yeah. Like, everybody keeps thinking, you know, everybody keeps thinking uh, that... Uh, I think that was the Felix episode. I, I can't remember, but everybody keeps everybody keeps saying like, "Oh man!" I have people like you know message me like, "Oh bro, like man, like you know you're taking this all the whole way that United." Are. I'm like, "United are done, man!" Like I keep telling people this. People keep thinking, "Oh no, no, like you know they're gonna come back." You know, look at all United as a top club is over. We are gonna be we're gonna be fighting for scraps here. And there. As far as we have the Glazers as the owners, it is done. It is over. There's nothing we can do and. You can bring in Ragnik. You can see what's happening in Ragnik now. Ragnik looks like a puppet, man. Mm-hmm. He I, today, for, I think for a second, I saw Darren Fletcher as the on the technical area. I'm like, is Darren Fletcher part of the coaching staff? How? He's, what is he again? Uh, technical director. I don't know what he is. Maybe technical director or something. Or first first team first team manager. Or first team director. I don't know, dude. Like maybe search it up on your phone because I have no clue, man. But Darren Fletcher was was in the um in in the touchline mm-hmm. how bro as a coach myself my technical director i sometimes have to ask him not to come you know because i mean it's kids right like you know yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we coach youth right so sometimes it's nice to have him. sometimes i have to ask him not to come in my technical area like straight up i have to ask my technical director not to show up how is like a a, a professional um head coach for uh of the highest order in manchester united asking for having a technical director kind of oh, yeah. in a, there he's a technical director. He's a, so yeah he's a technical what is he doing there mm-hmm. which other technical director do you see on the touchline on the touchline they're usually on the stands yeah they're in, in, on the office like yeah. watching it from their from their uh, office there mm-hmm. the box office there so how is this uh, how is this happening so and i when i saw that i was like and I, you know, this is my mindset to go really in the dark side now. I was like, mm-hmm. is this like, so is this why we have um, McTominay playing then? Mm-hmm. Is Fletcher the one picking the lineup? Why Ronaldo and Cavani are starting? You know, Greenwood is being subbed out halfway through. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, McTominay is starting. Donny is on the bench. Matic is starting. Maguire starts all the time unless like, you know, COVID or something miraculous injury, happens to yeah. him or injury, right? Even injury, he starts. Even, yeah, it was yeah. a injury, he starts. You know, they took off Shaw, they took off uh, Wan-Bissaka for a little bit, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, Shaw and Wan-Bissaka are back again. Like, I gotta admit, I like Shaw. Mm-hmm. I think he's better than Tellus. 
But still, but 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 still, like what? Yeah, Juan Bissaka. Dalot was playing very well from mm-hmm. the right flank. Yeah, put Dalot, push on the other side. What? Who is making these changes? Like, part of me is like, is it Ragnik that's doing this stuff, or is this like some? Is this is this Fletcher doing? Like, I just, guess I guess there might be. Um, what do you say? Uh, another theory to that, basically. Because as a technical director, you you plan how you want the team to play, and then you hire the coaches that are gonna match your vision, right? Yes. So um, I'm wondering maybe it was because of Dan Fletcher that Ragnar came in, so he can uh, insist, uh, he can instill his uh, ideas with Ragnar and see if it works. But be- then after after the six months, isn't Ragnar Ragnar is gonna become like a techno a technical advisor, right? He's gonna be a consultant. A consultant, so yeah. he'll be a consultant to Fletcher. Is what it's is what it's sounding like. Yeah. Right? So him and John Morto. So John Morto is the director of football, I think, yeah. and then uh, Darren Fletcher is like the technical technical director. director. Yeah. Um, and then if you, you it, wouldn't it just make sense to have one? United United operate in mysterious ways, man. Right? Like, why would you... Exactly. Why would you have two of them yeah. sharing the same... Because then that would, just, that would just conflict the ideas because you have one guy who's a technical director and then you have another guy who's a director of football, which is almost kind of like the same roles. So it's basically like now you're having to go through two people to figure out your plans. Yeah, it's exactly. Just going through one. Like, they should be the director of, like, you know, of the of the business side... And then it should be the director of football, right? So Richard Arnold is, I think, going to be sort of like the business side. He's going to be the the business um, CEO, CEO, like what's uh, vice chairman? That was what uh, Ed Woodward, Woodward was, right? right? And yeah. John Morto is going to be. So I think because technical director is a guy who specifically works on the, the, football. the, the no, no, the technical aspect of yeah. the game for them. Like, mm-hmm. okay, so. I'm a technical director. My job is hire how, how, like hire a coach on how we are specifically going to play. Yeah. Like, you know, okay. Or, or as well the, as the assistant. Right? Yeah. So the technical director is going to say, okay, look, we want to be playing high pressing football. Mm-hmm. So the kind of players we're going to be investing in is going to be uh, high pressing, high pressing. So, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to communicate with my director of football and the director of football's job is basically like, okay, recruitment mm-hmm. is going to be, uh, uh, centered around what my technical director advises on. Right. So the technical director says, okay, this is the way we're going to play for the next five years. High pressing, guiding pressing, we need to invest in these type of players. Director of football comes in and says, okay, we want to invest in these type of players. I'm going to recruit all these type of, I'm going to recruit all these type of uh, specific type of players for you, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to be getting them all for you. You're going to be, uh, uh, yeah, you ask for uh, high pressing players, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go out, reach and out, and, and get you those guys. Yeah. yeah. So technical doesn't really do with like the recruitment side. I think mm-hmm. director of football. I think they deals with. But, but the director of football signs off on everything. Director of football signs off on, on everything. Yeah. yeah. And director of football now will recruit the manager that mm-hmm. will fit that. Right. Right. So the technical director says, okay, look, from the youth, we have, uh, you know, all these type of players coming up. You know, mm-hmm. Medjbury and uh, Mengi and mm-hmm. all these kids, right? And um, Garner and the rest of them, mm-hmm. um, Greenwood. And what for their style, the way they played, the way they play coming up. What what we've imposed in the youth set- setting is, um, you know, quick passing, quick tempo, high pressing. Yeah. Right. That's what we've introduced in the youth setup. 
these kids will be coming up into the men's team and then we're going to be using them, utilizing them in that same vein or form or mm-hmm. that same way. Um, and then director of football, go do your business. Go, you know, here, here, here are the type of players we want, right? Mm-hmm. And then director of football now works with, you know, the managers and says, okay, look, this is the way we're going to be doing things. You know, um, uh, I'm, I'm going to get Ragnick because he's a high-pressing coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to start off. And then later on, we'll see what we you know, need. we'll see. Then he, he, after Ragnick works on those players, we'll get Ten Hag who's going to help us out. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I'm not very intelligent So with these type of things, so I don't know, right? I'm just yeah. guessing. Um, but... Uh, yeah, you're right. It is confusing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, technical director, director of football, who's running what? And then I'm also hearing that when Ragnick comes in uh, from the consultancy role, they may actually make him into a sporting director. I'm like, how many directors on this bloody, you know, like bloody team? Like, it's so stupid, man. Like, it's way but, too much. It yeah. It confuses the whole system. Exactly, exactly. But the thing is, John Marto, I don't, I don't think John Marto played the game. Mm-hmm. So... Um, at the high level. Where has he even been the, the director's at? Bro, he has not been a director anywhere, bro. <laughs> Straight up. He hasn't, okay. right? So, I don't I don't know, man. I Like, I don't know, bro. Like, it's just that I'm bored. I'm tired of this same shit, mm-hmm. right? And Rydnick should have come in and changed all these things. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm eating my words because I'm like, I expected, like, dude, I don't expect you to, how do I, how do I put it? I don't. I don't expect you to. Um, uh, what they call it? Uh, um, you know, win every bloody game that you're a part of. Yeah. Right. I don't expect you to win every game that you're a part of. But what at least I expect you to do is, on the pitch, I want to see something. Now, Ragnick could make the uh, make the argument that I haven't had time to train these guys, so that's why I'm trusting on you know guys like Fletcher and the rest of them mm-hmm. to help me with these players, so that by the time um, I get them in training, like the next. Cause I think there's no football for the ne- for the next uh, for the next couple of weeks, right? Really? Yeah, there's no Premier League. Um, it goes all the way till the thirteenth. Like there's a couple of games, yeah. but those are makeup games for teams that miss their oh. games, right? So it's now FA Cup time. I think so. It's around FA Cup time or something, right? So I think what Ragnick is doing. I my guess is okay. He asked Fletcher to help him out. Mm-hmm. Help me out. Because he doesn't you know, know players. I don't know them very well. I'm still figuring things out. I like Donny van der Beek, but I can't use him yet because I just don't know what I'm trying to do. Yeah, yeah. And then eventually, then he now comes back up and says, okay, thanks for helping me out. Okay, I'm going to take the reins now. In the next couple of weeks, we're just going to work on my strategy, yeah, yeah. my tactics, my philosophy, oh, my so football. He's trying to take the break and do that. I'm not thinking. I'm guessing. Okay. Okay. I, maybe I said I think, but I'm, I'm. Let me rephrase that. I am guessing that this is what is happening. Well, in the next couple that, of weeks, that seems and, to be different. And uh, exactly right. And then the next couple of weeks, then Ragnar comes up and says, "Okay, you know what, McTominay, off the bench you go. Mm-hmm. Rashford, off the bench you go. Yeah. Uh, maybe Bruno, off the bench you go." Um, and then I'm just going to work with, you know, specific type of players that can fit my type of philosophy. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't believe that because why I don't believe that. Last last podcast, I said I actually, I, I was going to do a video or, 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 or a show yeah. specifically of why I think Van Der Beek will not play in Ragnick's system. Mm-hmm. And that's because Rag, uh, Van Der Beek likes to reset a lot. He likes mm-hmm. to keep possession. He likes to slow the game down to his tempo. Right. Um, but he's smart, but he, he he just doesn't... I don't think he drives the ball the way 
McTominay does. Mm -hmm. The difference is because he's so smart with keeping the ball, he keeps in possession, he keeps it tight, he keeps it clean. Um, you know, McTominay, on the other hand, is aggressive. He plays the forward pass, but he's not very good all the time at it. Mm -hmm. He's not phenomenal at it, but he does it. He would yeah, do yeah. it for you, yeah. right? Take the risk. Exactly, and I think that's where, Ra where, where Ragnik is coming in and says, okay, you know what, McTominay right now, for my vertical style of play, he's going to be the one doing that. Mm -hmm. But the only other thing I'm going to say that Ragnik is fucking about with is his pressing. Mm. I don't see any gang in pressing. I only saw it against Crystal Palace. Yeah. After that, was gone. I have never seen any gang. I've been seeing them park the... Like, they lose the ball, everybody goes to the halfway line. Mm -hmm. Instead of counter-pressing. Yeah. And then another thing too, the personnel for that type of style, you're not going to play Ronaldo mm -hmm. to start gang and pressing. Look, everybody's like, oh, Ronaldo can press. Of course he can press. He's look at him. Look at the tip top shape he is at, mm -hmm. right? But let's be realistic. In a ninety minute game, Ronaldo cannot press for ninety, press minutes. For 90 minutes. Like any person who who tells you Ronaldo is gonna press for ninety minutes, bro, it's a joker. bro, just tell them like, look, give me, yeah, forget it anyway. But Ronaldo cannot press for a full ninety minutes. He just cannot do that. I mean, no, no player can press for a full ninety minutes. But I mean, like, I mean, for an intense game, even Liverpool don't press for a full ninety minutes, right? But at the end of the day, those the personnel, you have to pick the right personnel. Mm -hmm. Also, he wants to play a high line. You're not going to play a high line with Harry Maguire, man. Harry Maguire is not quick enough. Yeah, Today against Wolves, we were playing a high line. Mm -hmm. And guess who was in, instead of uh, Harry Maguire? Phil Jones. Phil Jones right? No, we weren't playing the full high line all the time. But like we, they, I, I saw Phil Jones win the ball in high up areas mm -hmm. of the pitch. You know, things like that. So, overall, man, like this Ragnik... Um, Bullshit. This this Ragnik thing, it, it's just inanimate, man. It re, it's not it's not it, bro. I'm sorry. Like, it it just it just does not. Uh, it's not working out. Yeah. The four two two formation or the four four two formation, whatever you make it out to be, mm -hmm. is not working out. What is the other one? The uh, four five one. Uh, no, he's not even doing the four five one. This guy plays with like twenty strikers if he can get the opportunity. It's ridiculous, <laughs> right? Um, and and the team, the person that he's picking. I keep saying it. If you want to control games, he keeps coming out and says, I want to control the game. I want to control the game. Bro, if you want to control the game, play Van der Beek. That, that should be the start. Yeah. Just start with him as the base. If you want to play if you want to play a controlled football match, start off with Van der Beek. Then Pogba. Then, then you can work your way up. Pogba, Bruno, whoever. Mm -hmm. and, and not even people think, oh, Bruno's going to lose the ball a lot. Play Bruno maybe in a deeper position yeah. where he, where he's he, not. If he loses the ball, it's not a risk. You know, no, no, no. Well, deeper, it could be a risk. But play him in a deeper position where he can pick out the pass, he can put keep his head up, mm -hmm. and because he can find passes from yeah, deep-line yeah. areas. Mm -hmm. The problem is when he's high up, you know, people are coming in, kicking him, and doing all these things. He can't find those those areas. Yeah. Or if not, don't play him at all. Find mm -hmm. somebody else playing it. You know, play Bogba instead. Play mm -hmm. Mata. Even what is Mata doing there? Play Mata. You know, if you want to play a controlled game, play Mata. Play right? Bruno on the wings. No, don't play Bruno on the wings. No, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, you know, and then on the wings, you have Amadiallo. Play yeah, Amadiallo. <laughs> yeah, they haven't. Play that kid. Play Sancho. They brought in Elanga today. Elanga is not that bad. Okay, play him. Play short tire. Yeah. Like, do something else. Do something else. If you want to control the game, do something else. Send a shockwave. Yeah. Now, we have all these players now who want to leave. Martial wants to leave. 
uh, Van der Beek, I know, wants to leave, but he's not going to come out and say it twice. He said it already before. He's waiting to see what's up. But, you know, what they call it, uh, Ragnick says, oh, yeah, Van der Beek wants to play. And I really like him. I want to keep him. I, I, we need him. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let him go. Yeah. Then play him then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Play the freaking guy, man. Anyway, so that's that's the reason why I'm like, you know, I th- I have a feeling this might not be him, but I'm guessing, man. Like I'm stretching me. I'm trying to I you know, I'm trying to validate like our our pick as yeah. to why United got Ragnick, but I think that it's the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. And 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 when I look back in hindsight, you know, I wanted the madman. I wanted Conte. But I knew they would not get Conte because Conte will rip everything they've built mm-hmm. because it's, it's wrong. What they've built, that team is a bad team. The team that they have there is a bad, it's winnable. They can mm-hmm. win things, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not going to win it as a team. It's going to win it maybe like individuals. Ronaldo pops up, scores us the winning goal in the final FA Cup. Somehow, you know, I guess Aston Villa will squeak a 1-0 win, mm-hmm. you know, or a 2-1 win or something. A last-minute penalty. Right, mm-hmm. uh, but our team is not a winning. It's not a winning team. Yeah. It's a team filled with gr- good individuals that can do a thing, but it's not a winning team. All right, man. Anyway, that's that's my that's my own spiel on Manchester United. Um, Chelsea. Ooh, Chelsea, Chelsea. It's been a weird week. Let's start off with Lukaku. Oh my God, what is he thinking? But yeah, seemingly he had that interview like three weeks ago, but still it doesn't make it any better. Like, if there was a if there was a problem, you should not come out and see um, in a club that you already love and are at, come and start talking about another club. Like you want to return back to Italy, like that just makes you sound stupid. Like you just made the move. And the thing that the Italians put up too on their, on on, on their thing, like sorry, Romeo, it's not gonna happen. Like it's not gonna happen. Like we don't we don't accept guys who fucking leave us when the storm is on, right? You know, and we try to come back when it's all nice and dandy, right? So it sent a huge message, and Toko was like, he didn't he didn't he didn't like it. He he he's like it's not something that we needed at this point, right? Because like we're already going through such a hard time, like it's. It's been hard. We have six ties in the past, like, seven, eight games. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. Like, you know, like, a couple, uh, a one win, um, a loss, and, like, ties, 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 ties. And it's like, why would you go and say this? Like, the coach doesn't want to play you right now because you're not showing the things that he wants you to see. He wants to see, right? Mm-hmm. And it was clear to see we were winning games without Lukaku, right? But at some point we knew as well we were going to need Lukaku, right? Yeah. So it wasn't it, it wasn't directly his time yet, but bro, you were already game played for six, seven, eight games on the spin, and then you cut the injury, so obviously they had to take you out, and now the team found a little bit of rhythm without you, and now you what you going to do because you are not getting played for two, three games after your your fit. Is you start to throw a temper tantrum, like, bruh, it's not the way to go. And Chelsea is not gonna welcome that, man. They're gonna, they're gonna be like, fuck this guy. If he wants to go to another club, sell him, sell him, you know. But now it's like a hundred, hundred million down the drain for what? I'm, I'm gonna say something here. I think, I think everybody's overreacting. <laughs> as much as, as much as I want to say I told you guys so, yeah, because that's just me. Like, you know, <laughs> I wanna, <laughs> I like. 
talk shit, right? Talk trash. But on a real on a real on a real basis, I actually think it is not as bad as it seems. Okay, look, it's bad. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll start off with like it's bad. Yeah. That it is. It, when but I say it's not, it's not like crazy. It's not. It's not the end of the world. And the, you did this it, stuff. You did it three weeks ago, exactly. The right? stuff that I'm seeing from everybody is like, Romelu just did this. He killed somebody. He has <laughs> murdered the whole Chelsea fan base. I'm like, guys, like it's not that bad. You look like. When I looked at the whole thing, I was expecting like, oh, he came out and said, look, man, Tuku's really upsetting me. Yeah. This is ridiculous that he's not, when I want him to play me, he doesn't want to play me. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he didn't come out and I was expecting that at first. And then when I, I, I kind of watched like clips of the interview and he then threw, I just, threw a couple you know, jabs at him, eh? Even yeah, after the, yeah. after the, after the two games that he appeared in, he threw a couple jabs. He's like, yeah, I can play any position. Yeah, like, but that's not job though. No, that's no, just no, a player just saying I can play every he, position. He, he doesn't know how to use me. Like I can do anything that he wants me to. I just need a little bit of clarity, and it was it was okay. it was uh, it was a right thing to say because I feel like at some point like Toko doesn't feel like he can do some things, but then like Lukaku has developed his play over the years in in Inter. Conte even said it too, right? Conte also said like uh, like uh, Lukaku like uh, Chelsea need to find a better way to use Lukaku, right? Which is playing him as the two, right? In a in a two man uh, striking position, yeah, right? But he can do the hold-up play. He can do the false nine if you need. But the thing is, like, what I feel why Toko wasn't playing Lukaku wasn't because of um, his uh, his fitness. It's the willingness to do the work that he wants him to do, which is exactly what we saw in that game against uh, uh, the Give Me 1-3-1 in uh, Aston, Villa. Aston Villa, right? Which is what we saw when he made that movement and he, he he busted his ass to get to the other side, you know, things like that. And I think that after that game, then Toko came out and spoke about it, and he was like, he was like, yeah, we just needed to see him do, you know, the things that we want him to see, we want we want him to do, right? And he did it, right? And it's like the movement was on point. He looked more ready for it, more anxious for it, and he was honest with him. He's like, look. I need you to be honest with me right now. Can you play a full 90 minutes? You know? Um, no, can you play a full, like, uh, 45 to 60 minutes? And he said, he said, I don't know, but I can give it a try, right? So then he came out there and he worked, right? And he did, he did his job. So it's just basically, like, now I think Tuchel just wanted to send a message, like, bro, don't do this nonsense uh, by taking him out the game in Liverpool. Um, but... Then uh, he also said we're going to have a talk with Lukaku. And obviously, he'll be back in the squad probably in like the next week or so, right? Yeah. yeah. Once once again, as I said, I think you guys are overreacting. It's not the end of the world. Yeah. Um, as I said again, as much as I wanted to say I told you guys so, I did tell you guys so. <laughs> Romelu Lukaku is a terrible professional. I'm just going to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Like this, the, I, I think maybe it was in the first uh, uh, episode we had this season. I talked about this. Yeah. He came out and said all this crazy shit. Like I remember, he he, um, they were like, "Hey, we we need you to train. Like, come for preseason." Yeah, yeah. He stayed at Anderlecht, mm-hmm. training there, to force a move, right? Because oh, they're not gonna play me. They're gonna look. I get it, right? Like United, uh, you know, time is proving itself. Mm-hmm. You guys were right. Yeah, Lukaku, you were right. That was the right thing for you to do with your career mm-hmm. at the time. You know, and the way United were handling things was poor. But he didn't cover himself in glory. Yeah, yeah. People like the funny. The first thing that came out once that thing happened, at least from a United standpoint, people brought up old clips of of Romelu Lukaku fucking up mm-hmm. and just showing how he plays. Yeah. Like, and and when I saw how he played, I'm like, 
I forgot how bad this guy was with the ball. <laughs> and and you look, every player, you can find a position for every player. Mm-hmm. If you're a good enough coach and a good enough manager, which Conte is, which Tuchel is, mm-hmm. you can find you can find a position for that for that athlete. Mm-hmm. You really can't. You just need to find a way to do it. You just need to make sure that they have, you know, a couple of the basics, right? Right? And that, and that's the thing. Lukaku has a couple of bases, but some of the other things that he, you know, he couldn't do well, it was obvious. You're a professional footballer, you don't have a touch. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. How is that possible? Yeah. You're a professional footballer without a touch. How? How is that possible? Yeah. Right? Um, and, and and now obviously he's gotten better. And I don't know, maybe Conte worked with him on all that all that things and you can see him improve. But then now He's now. They're now saying. Conte didn't even say he worked. He worked no, but he. Would, but they were not gonna say that. Yeah. But in he practice, he I have, he, no. He came out and in interview. He it, said, it, "I have it, no problems with his touch." Yeah, that's what he said. But, but, the ball but was I'm. Still flying but oh yeah, we we still. I still because I watched those games. Everybody right. was like, "Oh, Lukaku's improved." I'm like, "Lukaku's still the same Lukaku, mm-hmm. right? He's still the same old guy, right?" Like anyway. Um. The 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 thing that I went and said like so ah, I lost my train of thought. But anyway. The, the Lukaku say, oh, yeah, but how can you also be a big striker like that mm-hmm. and you cannot play alone? Yeah, yeah. You need a second a second striker to play beside you. Yeah. How is that possible? How? Some of the best strikers in the world are left on an island all themselves mm-hmm. and they will still find a way to bag things in the net. Yeah, figure it out. They still will find a way to bag things in the net. Yeah. He wants to be like Drogba. He wants to be like Drogba. He has to. He wants. He has. To, he wants to be like Drogba. How can he be like Drogba? He he doesn't play like yeah, Drogba. He play by himself. Drogba can stay alone by himself out there. Mm-hmm. You find him, and he brings people in, and then bang, they score a goal. Yeah. Drogba wasn't like a prolific scorer, but he knew how to like hold up, use his body, play with his team, yeah. do all those little things that a lot of you know that a lot of forwards you see them do today. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at Lewandowski; he does it himself. Haaland, he does it himself. Lukaku, you've got to be able to do it yourself. You don't need to, you don't need Sergio Aguero, yeah. You don't need two people. You don't need another striker beside you just so that they can get the best out of you. Mm-hmm. That That is bullshit. And that just shows a lack of like, you know, uh, uh, what they call it, um, uh, not not just a, la- a lack of know-how on how to mm-hmm. do your job professionally. But then on the other hand, Lukaku is needed. Yeah. You guys have no strikers, man. You know, you guys need him. And as I said, it's been blown out of proportion. Yeah, he called out Tuku. Yeah, he did whatever. I don't think it's that bad, man. Mm-hmm. I really do. I, I, I look at it and I think everybody's just blowing up over everything. People are just uh, more... Um, they're they're more... They're, they're club, right? No, it's not, even, it's not even that. It's because, and this is the dumb part that he did. He did this, even though you could say it's three weeks ago. You guys are in the middle of a title battle mm. right now. And now you're losing that battle. This comes at the worst time. Yeah. It comes at the worst time. And then I read something the other day that says the Chelsea dressing room is upset with Lukaku right now, mm. which is crazy. Because yeah. I would have thought like, oh, they would have made fun of him and just move on with it, right? Yeah, but you kind of like... Yeah, he kind of, he kind Yeah, yeah. Like he, he broke that, he broke that bond that mm-hmm. they're trying to form right now, right? And, uh, but I looked and I'm just like, wow. But as I said, it's not, I don't think it's that deep. I think like at the end of the day, it's bad. What he did is, he, he, it was bad timing. They took his words and, you know, and the way people are going to look at that is, you know, it's just a, it's a bad way to 
present himself. Yeah. But another thing too, he was why being. Did, also, why did it take them three weeks to release the? I know, I know, but that's the way media works, right? Like media plays this game, right? When is the hottest? The yeah, exactly. So now Chelsea is now reeling from this. Mm-hmm. That you know, I mean, they're not playing well, and then they're now reeling from this. So it's like a double whammy, right? So uh, I, I look at it and I say, look, man. I don't think it's that bad. Yeah. Lukaku's an idiot as always. This guy, he's so unprofessional. He does so many stupid things. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised because I, I I told you guys so about this guy. But on the other hand, you guys need him. Mm-hmm. Like, let's be real here. Like, you know, yes, you guys rallied in the last game and you, you're going to cover that. But yeah. you guys rallied in the last game and you did your best, best job 2-2. But let's be realistic, man. You know, at the end of the day, for the rest of the whole season, it's a long season. Massive. You know, you need Lukaku on your team. How many games is left still? Like, I don't know. 16, 17? 19 games, I think. It's still because it's halfway through, right? So, yeah. well, that was the second game against uh, Liverpool. So, I'll say, isn't that like uh, 17, 18 games left? So, right. yeah. Anyway, you're going to cover Chelsea versus uh, Liverpool. Brighton first. No, 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 no. We're not covering Brighton. Brighton. Why are we going to cover Brighton? No, Chelsea versus Brighton. Oh, Chelsea versus Brighton. Okay, you start with off of that. Okay. Yeah, so uh, there was two uh, two games that were played. The Chelsea against Brighton and then uh, Chelsea against Liverpool, right? The Brighton game, oh my God, was a tug of war. It was like, there was no sense of like, like this game is going to end good, you know? But then it started to come, you know, um, when uh, Jorginho came in and a few other players came in, like in the second half, then we held it a little bit more tighter. Um, we had chances in the first half we should have buried. And I, at this game, I was saying, bro, I was like, I was like, Lampard is right. We're not ready. Like, we're not ready. I had that as I was working while I was watching this game. And now, I was, now why, why would you keep on bringing... Lampard at every opportunity. Big, man, move on from that dude. Bro, <laughs> Jeez, the, do you want to get in your knees, bro? No, 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 no. I don't need no knee pads. Oh okay. God. But the thing is, like, but he, he made sense. You know, like now it it actually is clicking and it's making sense because he said at that time when they were first as well, he said, We're not ready to win the league, right? And you could kind of see it, man. The 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 rootlessness is not there. You know, the, the the ability in the nouns to bury fucking teams that are not in the game at the moment to do it, to do it. Like the teams like City do it, teams like Liverpool do it, but Liverpool is slacking now, right? But you can see the way City do it. And when I was watching this game, I was like, we're not ready. We're not ready to win this league. Because if we were, everybody's mindset would be like, fucking bury those chances. The chances are there. We just need to hit it. You know, we just need to hit it. There's no, there's no point in us freaking having so much possession, so much shot, but no fucking goals to show for it. Mm-hmm. In the second half, then Lukaku came and boom, it was a header. He scored a beautiful, like, uh, it was from a corner. Now hold the game off. But you could see, you could see in the 70 something minute, you can see in the 80 something minute, like Brighton was looking for something. They were pushing for something and then they got it with Welbeck. First time he ever scored in Stamford Bridge. First time. It had to be that game. And I was just like, why can't we hold? It was 92nd or 93rd minute, you know? It's like, just end the game. Do something. Maybe summon the powers of Mourinho, you know? Park the bus, you know? Like, you could smell it coming, bro. You could see that it was coming. It was arriving and then that goal came in and it was just like, 
title race is over. Bright, Brighton is a good team. Brighton um, is a good team, but we should. They were there for the taking. Yeah, but uh, right? at the end of the day, um, whether they were there for the taking, they also played very well. Yeah. Um, I think that. Uh, you know, just saying, yeah, they were there for the taking. You guys were also there for the taking. That's what I'm saying. It, so, was, it was a thug of war. Yeah, so it 50, a thug it's of a 50 50. We, we had more of the more clear cut chances. We should have buried it. Doesn't matter. It, it was a 50 50 game. At the, the, at the bottom line is a 50 50 game. And a 50 50 game, it, anything could happen. happen. And I actually felt bad if Brighton had lost that game, I would have felt bad for Brighton because yeah. they actually played very well. Yeah, they did. Um, they missed some chances too. They also did some. You know, silly things. But that's, so. that's, that's been the story of Brighton for like almost like the whole season. They have very good games, but they don't know that they, they can't finish it, right? And why is it our turn to freaking for them to do to, to fall against us and they don't fall? You know? Then that's it's up to you guys to, to make that happen. That's though. right. That's what I'm saying. We have to bury our chances. We don't have the killer instincts to do it. Right, there, there were chances there. I don't know what the hell Hudson Adoy was doing in that in that run. The two, the two v one, the two v one run, bro. And you freaking scuff. I don't know if he scuffed it, but when he passed the ball, it got intercepted. Bro, you're in a two v one, man. What the hell? Lukaku's well, running with you. Well, it's a it's a two v one with the goalie. Yeah, it's a 2v1 with so the goalkeeper. 2v2. 2v2, <laughs> yes. But we should remember like what you always say. 2v1, attackers always have the advantage. So if it's, if it's uh, let's say, so attacker on the left, mm-hmm. defender on the right. Yeah. If it's, a, if it's a, uh, what do they call it, a 2v3. Yeah. Or, okay, let's start off with 2v2. So 2v2 plus goalie, which is a 2v3, mm-hmm. that's advantage to attackers. attackers yeah. Even a 2v3 plus goalie, uh-huh. that's also advantage to attacker because mm-hmm. they have the football. Yeah. Um, so that so, so that would also mean that a two v one two v two is advantage to, to attackers. A superb advantage to attackers, attackers right? So Hudson Odoi, I don't know, but Hudson Odoi also has like some issues with his end product. He's a very good player, but I've noticed that uh, his end product is uh, kind of hit and miss. Yeah, yeah, he has. He's very inconsistent, and I I, I still kind of like blame the injury, but now it's been like a year or two past that now. So he should already be there, you know, like the 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 fear of playing. You know, you get that fear when you uh, when you when you've got injured and everything. So it's basically yeah. like, you know, to kick a ball. Sometimes you're you're afraid to do so, right? Yeah. But now I think that that's way behind him. He also said like a year ago, like it's behind him. So now if it's behind you, do better, do better, bro. You could have been the guy for the two for the two straight games that came in and did that nice stuff that made Chelsea freaking win the game. Bro, that's the club is you. You know, you've been in this club since you were 7 8 years old, mm-hmm. you know? You know what you know the ins and outs of the club. Bro, the the thing is like a 2v1 when we make when we waste chances like that. That's when you know like we're not ready, mm-hmm. you know? Like it it just screams a, men, a mental thing like these boys are not ready to do it. You know what I mean? Liverpool fans are out here clowning us, saying, "Bro, we we know Arsenal, Liverpool fans are clowning us. They're saying we know Chelsea is not going to get the 90-something points that they need because City and Liverpool can do it because Chelsea don't have the killer instinct, right? Well, over time, you guys can develop that. Yeah, yeah. Over time, over time we can develop it, but right now, we're not ready, you know? Like, you can see City. You can see City. They got the killer instinct, man. They will, they will do it. 
They will do it. They will put you to the sword. Give them half a chance. They will smash you. And after the two goals they score you, they'll wait to the third goal. After that, they'll finish you off. Unless if you're a really good team, they can come back. Yeah. You know what I mean? City has been known to do this. But it's like, when it comes to Chelsea, man, we were doing it in the beginning of the season. But it's like, how long can you go on? And, and can you keep doing this for a whole season? Mm-hmm. 38 games straight. Can you fucking perform and can you do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the question that we have to ask, right? Now, heading over into the Liverpool game, Lukaku, obviously, you know, they didn't play this game. He was uh, he was out because Tuku obviously felt like that was best for the team to take him out. He also wanted to send a message, which was like, we'll win without you and you will understand why the fuck I wasn't playing you. Yeah. You know what I mean? But whatever. Um, in a game that we should have started off with the lead, uh, Mounts press, perfect. Pulisic gets the ball. The ball comes, bounces on the floor. I think he should have taken it on the first, but he tried to juke the keeper, right? When he tried to juke the keeper, and, and uh, who's this guy? Kelleher. He just came in like for this game or something because Allison has COVID, right? Yeah, the goalie. Yeah, yeah. and he just, he, he pounced on it. As soon as he saw the ball bounce, he pounced on it. Yeah. He knew. He knew, like, he had the jump on him because once that ball is in the air, you only have one chance. You're, only go- you're either going to find a way to shoot it, you can either beat the keeper, but if you're going to beat the keeper, you will be taking a stride that will be so long because the keeper is already close with you, yeah. right? So when Pulley did that, he got stopped by the keeper. He should have buried that. It should have been 1-0 at that point. Then we had another chance right after that. We should have also scored. If we scored those two, that would have been 2-0. Liverpool would have already been sort of out of the game and we would have been able to play our game. But then here comes Chalobah's mistake. You knew these guys... Liverpool had the perfect game plan, if you ask me. They sat back. They didn't even press like crazy. Like, they were sitting back and trying to hit us on counter-attacks, right? And <laughs> there was something... Uh, but then their counter-press was really good, right? They were good in their, in their counter-press. You can hear um what do you call it uh was it Jim Beglin he was saying ah I didn't know I didn't know that uh Liverpool had another club in them <laughs> no <laughs> or had another had another pep coaching yeah, yeah. them right yeah, yeah. and it was it was so funny when I heard that and then there comes the there comes the first goal freaking they cross the ball over what is Chalaba trying to do? Nod the ball down like and hit it to bounce off the floor? Like, why are you going down like that, bro? Put your body in it, close it out, right? But when he went for that, he totally scuffed it. Ball went bouncing up. Mane is there. Mane, boom, go. Now, this leads me to another point. The first minute of the game, when, when Mane hit Aspilicueta with that elbow, it should have been a red card. Mm. It should have been a record. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. You know the player is there. Why would your arm go up like that? Why would your arm go up like that? And as much as I love Mane, that was dirty, bro. <laughs> that was dirty, you know? Mane, Mane plays very physical. I don't know if it was going to be a record because I've seen people give yellows. For yeah, that. but another, the, uh, somebody, somebody also said something too. They're like, if this was in the middle of the game, not in the beginning of the game, it would have been a red, mm. right? He's like... The game just started. He didn't want to, like, do anything crazy. The ref didn't want to do anything crazy, so he gave him a yellow card, right? But I'm I like... Don't, I don't think it would have been a red. I think it would have been a yellow. But, man, like, the way he went up and he put his he put his hand up. He, bro, you're not stupid. You know an no, attacker. I, you know you know a defender is there with you. Yeah. You already looked. But the, the argument, though, like, you see hands flail. Look, I'm a believer of, uh, you know, um, cards against, like... 
you know, flailing arms. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see people concede penalty kicks and I play defense, the argument everybody always has to say is, well, but the, for him to, to move his body, he needs to throw his hands up. Mm-hmm. I have played defense, putting my hands to my sides. Yeah. And he's been okay. Yeah. I've actually jumped. And without having my elbow up for leverage, mm-hmm. I have jumped very high. Yeah. So you can do those things. Yeah. You you can. But on the same breath, I also understand that there's some players who have been used to running, mm-hmm. throwing their hands up to gain leverage, and then it just flies all over the place. Yeah. I get that part. But I don't... Is it a red card? No. A yellow card? Yeah. Red card? No. We agree to disagree. I think it's a red. But... Then my, that's what that's what everybody says, and then when it happens to their player, then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, how is he supposed to get up? How right? is he what? How is he supposed to? Everybody else says this until it's their own player that does it. Yeah, yeah, of course. That's the, just the goddamn truth. Of course. So I don't believe in you know carding a guy red card for it. I think a yellow card is fine, and then if he does it again, you give him another card. Simple. I still think it's a red, <laughs> but uh, so um, basically. Mane did the same thing that Pulley had in mind, right? Mm-hmm. But this time he executed it, right? Because he was on momentum, right? Because he's a better player. Not just because he's a better <laughs> player, but he was also on the momentum. Pulley had to go from a stop-start position, but with, with Mane, Mane was already on the move. He was already running. So when he had, he had the momentum enough, he moved that ball to the left. Mendy dived. He couldn't get it. Aspie was running to the, to the penalty box. And he was already at the goal line, but the finish was sublime because what he did was as Aspie was moving to the right, he put it on the bottom left mm-hmm. and just go, go from there. And then um, the second goal, Salah. Oh, man. It's, I still call Salah the best player right now. Like, there's no if, on, ends, on or buts form, about it is, right now. He is on form. Who else would you um, say is the best player? I think Lewandowski is the best player. I, I think uh, Le- 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 pretty good. Lewandowski has Le- dominated. Like you can talk about whatever you want, uh, you know, with the leagues that they're playing in, blah blah blah. The farm, like, the, they're trying to turn, you know, they're trying to turn it into a Bayern league. Yeah, but <laughs> that's because he's just that good. I yeah. think Lewandowski is the best player right now. He's very very underrated. I even we even throw in Benzema, but I haven't really watched a lot of Benzema this season. So yeah, I haven't uh, watched a lot of Real this season. Yeah, either. but Lewandowski is just on a class of his own. Mm-hmm. I, I think he is, and and so like you say is that too. Like Salah is very good. He's yeah. like on my fantasy. This guy gives me points uh, for breakfast, right? Mm-hmm. Like he is so freaking good. Yeah, he's the highest goal scorer, right? And the assist yeah. leader, right? Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Ab- absolutely. He's so phenomenal. he's actually doing. He's actually doing both sides of the work. Yeah, he's very, very good. In fact, he's very. He's he's phenomenal. Yeah. So, and their Champions League campaign, they played so well. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, I think in the long run, yeah, right now, based on form, I think it's it, maybe you say Lewandowski is to challenge him. That's because yeah. I like Lewandowski anyway. But uh-huh. uh, Salah, sure, he's the best player right now. But yeah. he also, you also got to look at it too, right? Like we're only watching the Premier League right true, now this true. season. We're not watching the La Liga. We're not watching... Um, German, we're not watching Italian. Mm-hmm. And as much as I don't think those leagues have their own best players, but I'm sure if you go in there, you probably will see a lot of good players there that we're not opening our eyes to. Oh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. But he is. He, yeah. Salah right now, based on form, is the best player right yeah. now. So let's see what he does for Egypt, by the way, which we'll, we'll get into later on of the, the show. Yes. Um, so, yeah, so Salah gets the ball. I don't know what they were doing. In the, in the, in, if you look at the replay... Who sent him that pass? Was it Jordan Henderson? No, it was Trent Alexander-Arnold. So, 
uh, three guys were almost at, at a line with each other from the, from Chelsea's players. Kovacic, Alonso, and uh, there was one more player. Uh, I, I forget who it is. But what happens is, as soon as Salah backtracks, he gets up, he looks up, and uh, he knows Trent is there, bro. <laughs> he knows Trent's going to give him that ball. Trent just links it over. Such an easy ball to go. But we should have never given them the chance to play that ball. When the ball comes, Salah is there. Obviously, he's gonna he's he's breaking in. He's already breaking it, broken into the box. Alonso is chasing him. He makes a little feint. Alonso goes the other way. He goes to the right, and he's under he's under on the near post of Mendy. And obviously, Salah is really good with his left, bro. He just lifts it up, and it's a goal. Two zero. At this point, I'm here thinking like, I know we I I know we're gonna win this game. I don't know why. I don't know why. But, like, my mind was telling me, bro, I know we're going to win this game. Something's going to happen. We're going to come back. And lo and behold, there comes Kovacic. <laughs> bro, Kova, Ka, Kova was balling today. He did He did even did, he did this crazy touch that I think only Drogba has done in Chelsea. When he received the ball with the outside of his feet as he was flailing backwards mm-hmm. right and he received and he cut he cut the touch like perfectly and i was like man that was dropba esque you know like it, it's so it's such a good thing to watch him come back into into form and that goal he scored Mount sends the ball. Um, no, not Mount. Alonso takes a free kick, smashes it over to the keeper. The keeper pushes it out, and then literally the ball is coming, and literally Kova is backtracking on one foot, smashes it. It goes right top corner, right top bins. Hit the post going. There was no way keeper was getting to that. He died. I think he just died for sure. Yeah. But like there was no way he was getting to that. What an amazing goal! That was amazing. And then two minutes, two three minutes after that. Rudiger, Rudiger bombs up, hits this ball that's flying up. It gets it gets cut out, and literally it's, it comes to a pass to Kante. Kante has a defender with him. Outside foot, Kante releases this ball. Pulisic is in, and boom. Pulisic left foot, top, top bins as well, top right. Yeah. <laughs> like, And I was just like, man. And just right after that, we almost scored another goal. Mm-hmm. But Havertz messed that up. But... Honestly, man, I I just want to say one thing real quick. Like you guys, your midfield, man, your midfield is like the the you know the, the other juggernaut. the other one that I, the only other midfield I would say that I really is City at yeah, yeah. that. But Chelsea's midfield, when you guys are all fit and not there, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That midfield was just too much. I watched the first half. I didn't catch the second half, but the first mm-hmm. half when I watched it, yeah. My God, I was just like, you guys are kind of unlucky to go down. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, maybe on a different day, you'd have scored those goals and maybe won the game four or two. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. goals change games, right? So you don't yeah. know what would have happened. Liverpool had chances too, but a lot of their chances were offside. Yeah. So, and especially in the second half, they had a few. And I don't know what's going on with us in this corner thing, but like we need to get this under wraps. Like, um, I think it was Glenn Hoddle that said it on the on the after the under. What is it called? In the analysis, on the analysis, and he was like, uh, he was like, Chelsea don't seem to have learned from their corner from Manchester United when they, when Sancho scored that goal, but luckily for us, thank God there was their Mandy backtracking from his. Oh yeah, the Mane chance. Uh, no, no, not Mane. Salah. Salah shot that ball. Oh, the yeah, ball was yeah. curling. 
it was curling into the net and literally Mendy backtracked and literally pushed the ball out, what out of the Salah net. It was Salah. Mm. Yeah, Salah took that shot. And Salah had a few shots, actually. And uh, Cheva Chalaba was messing up a couple of times in the first half. Uh, the first one, obviously, wasn't the goal because when he when he when he let that 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 ball slide, Rudiger came and saved him. If not, yeah. Salah would have buried that. I, I watched the replay later on. and I was like, wow, it was actually Rudy that saved us there. And good to see, you know, he's fighting. He keeps fighting. And then, um, then the, obviously the second mistake caused the goal, right? But mm-hmm. in the second half, he seemed to have fixed a lot of his mistakes. Um, but then he went off injured, man. So now he got injured and then Pulisic got put into the left wing back again. <laughs> or oh, the right wing back, not the left wing back. And it was just like, he was so dangerous in that spot, man. Like Who got injured? Trevor Chalaber. Oh. He got injured. Oh, good. Um, you, guys, you guys have Saar, right? It, was Kante injured as well? No, yeah, we have Saar as well. But uh, I don't know. I don't know if Kante got injured as well, but Trevor Chalaber got injured. Then... Um, we still we were controlling major majorly parts of this game. There was there was a point at one at uh, one time we yeah we were playing and we literally saw uh, Liverpool not come out their half for like 10, 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, they were stuck in there. And every time Chelsea would lose the ball, they would counter press, recover it, and literally go on fucking uh, ball retention and just cycle and cycle and cycle and bring it back. And then there was that chance. The ball gets sent over by, I think, Marcus Alonso. He swings that ball over. Mount goes to head it. He misses it. Pulisic is there. He hits the ball, but the keeper saves it. it go, but the ball was going directly at uh, at the keeper. I feel like it, it was uh, um, going to be going... Uh, if he connected it directly in the way he wanted to, it would have gone left post. But because he's, he kind of scuffed it, when he went for the shot, it's not an easy chance, right? So, obviously, you take what you can get, right? And Pulley had another another chance where he he shot the ball. He came from the right, from the from the right wing back position. He cut into the left, took the shot, and just missed the bend just a li- by a little bit. That would have also been a goal too. Yeah, but well, I mean, with the way things now are looking, mm-hmm. uh, everything said and done, big knockout game between you two, another tie between uh, Liverpool and Chelsea. Yeah, Liverpool still have a game uh, in hand. Yeah, they have a game in hand now. Um, how is Chelsea going to end the season? Ah, second place at this okay, moment. So you've conceded to second place now. I kind of feel like it's only right, but something still tells me there's another twist in the in the turn, you know? But I'm not going to say much. I'm going to just put ourselves in like that second place at the moment, you know, because we don't have what it takes to kill the league off because we're not bearing the teams that we need to bury. So it's like if you can't get the points from those guys, how are you gonna do it? You know, maybe when the team, when all of the team is all fit, and then we can get back to firing heavy, then we can probably push to the Champions League again, right? But right now, I think maybe another another year. This year should be a massive learning year, and then uh, next year when they when we're coming for it, we should definitely go for that win, right? And we need to have that killer instinct. Everybody needs to just be ruthless, bro. You know, we can't be nice guys, man. We got to be fucking cunts, like Mourinho <laughs> says. <laughs> nice cool. guys don't win games. No, they don't. Look at Manchester City; they're a bunch of fucking cunts. Yeah, that's well, what that's what Mourinho said. 
Um, but yeah, no, that that's uh, that's that. Um, Liverpool, Chelsea, two uh, two box office game. That was awesome mm-hmm. uh, to see that. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't catch the rest of the game, so I wasn't able to uh, see how the, it ended. But uh, mm-hmm. still, very very good from 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 YouTube. But yeah. it also shows the golfing class. Like yeah. Manchester, you guys have to catch up to Manchester City. Yeah, and Manchester City did not have a great game against um, Arsenal. Yeah, against Arsenal. So I, said, I thought like, Arsenal was gonna beat them, man. And I was hoping they did. Remember when I when I spoke about this, I said. They would drop points from these guys, right? But yeah, there came some something, some twist in the turn and the tide, and their Manchester City yeah gathered all the three points. Yeah, but that's uh, that's just way the way things are. Like but, City, but I always say City have a run in them. Yeah, ten games. Y'all, ten at games. least. But now it's, it's now it's now eleven, right? It's eleven games now. It's 11 so there you go. Now, yeah. like the the last this, time, this, the this last game, time they did this was I think uh, two three years ago when yeah. they when they were on smoke. Hundred points. Holy this crap. this this game. Uh, this was the game that they should have lost. Yeah. Because this is the one that uh, you know they usually would go in and then you know they take their eyes off it, mm-hmm. make a couple of mistakes. But looking at like I said, like looking at those highlights, like mm-hmm. Arsenal should have Arsenal should have buried their chances. They should have killed them off. Mm-hmm. They missed opportunities, and against a good team like City, yeah, they just need one. That's mm-hmm. all they need. They yeah. need one. They need two opportunities, and then bang, mm-hmm. they've won. The, they've taken the game away from you. And another thing too is like in these games where they go and play, it's like man, like that people need to stop conceding penalties against these guys, man. Like, yeah. bro, you know. What's Bernardo Silva gonna do? Just let him go, like you know what I mean. There's somebody there who's gonna. What's who's gonna Bernardo Silva gonna do? No, we know Bernardo oh, Silva can man. do something, but like, guy, the the amount of penalties that they give them in games where you think that you're gonna win, and lets them back into the game. That's the worst thing you can do against City mm. because as soon as they're back in the game, they're gonna fucking kill you. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. they're gonna win. You know, one one is not a safe result for you. You know. And and Arsenal almost held it all to the final depth, and then that goal from Rodri, man. Like, if you talk about the god of football and luck, <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Well, they make their own luck. They make though. their they, own luck they, based on how they press and yeah. keep pushing yeah. chances and keep mauling the net, right? Yeah. The game, the game is ninety minutes, and yeah. if you keep pushing, you're gonna you can find holes in those ninety minutes, even to the air, most airtight defenses or. Yeah. Uh, most airtight, uh, uh, you know, setups. So. Another thing too, the Brentford game against City, City should have lost as well. Yeah, they didn't play too good. They didn't play too one. good. Yeah. But another thing too, Foden's goal should have been offside. What so was it? yeah, so like um, the rules of VAR is so stupid. Like some refs will call this offside, and then now in the City game they give it onside, and I'm like, what the hell, man? Like. Why are you calling this an on, on, onside goal when his body is totally over the freaking defender? His yeah. leg is back, but you guys didn't say it's leg. You guys said it's the whole body, mm-hmm. you know? You guys didn't even cut out the part where's your arm, you know? Weird. So it's like, it's like if you're going to give this against other teams, keep it consistent, you know? Keep it consistent. Like, if that's a goal, if, if, that's, if that's not a goal... For other teams, it shouldn't be a goal for City. Like, what are you guys trying to play here, you know? Because, like, when I looked at that, and I looked at it variously, various ways, I was like, this is fucking offside. Mm-hmm. It's offside. But whatever. Foden gets to go. City gets to keep their three points and 
they move on, right? Yeah, I know. See, they're looking good. They're looking too good, but it's uh, it's such a such a downside, man. Like this season, we have. Um, it's supposed to be really exciting. It's, yeah, I know. It's supposed to be exciting. The three, and then you the had you had the stupid Manchester United fall off like after like what the second, the third, fourth week or whatever yeah. it was. Um, and then after that, then you now had Chelsea kind of leading the pack, and it was like, okay. This is hard. This is good. They're setting the standard. City's mm-hmm. coming up, and then Chelsea starts falling flat, and then you know Liverpool. Uh, you know Liverpool were kind of like there, but they're not quite the top team. Yeah, and then now City, and it's just so sad because it's like you want this. You want it to be exciting, mm-hmm. and the only way you can have an exciting year is if. Everybody's going toe to toe, winning games. If they draw, this person draws. If they win, this person wins. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the only way you can now kind of, you know, the only way the season is going to improve, in my opinion, is through hope. Yeah. You just have to hope that City starts to drop no like stupid points. Yeah. But the way they're playing right now is they're not. And yeah. and some of the guys that. Um, I mean, look look at City. City bought Jack Grealish for hundred million. They're not even playing. They don't play him all the time, right? Like, uh, so some of these guys. Uh, I don't think he's played in the past like five games. Uh, I don't think so either. But like, oh, he's played. I think he's played a couple. He started a couple of games. Mm-hmm. But like, you know what I mean, right? Like they yeah, have yeah. the, they have the capability of bringing out guys from the reserves to do things. Now mm-hmm. Sterling, for example. Sterling was supposed to have been sold. Yeah. Bernardo, for example, was supposed to be sold. Mm-hmm. If they had sold those guys, could you imagine what would have happened to them? Yeah, yeah. They would have dropped. They would, you know, and, and you could say, okay, maybe they would have dropped because they don't have depth. They don't mm-hmm. have squad depth now, right? But they kept those guys. Mm-hmm. Those guys ended up staying. And, and look at what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> right? So it's so frustrating because you're just like, oh, my God. Like, Bernardo is even having a better season than De Bruyne right now. Yeah, he is. But De Bruyne has been injured. Yeah. And De Bruyne coming back is like, a bonus for them because yeah. he's playing like now he's playing very well mm-hmm. like he always has the purple patch you'd be terrible for a little while he yeah. gets his injury goes away he comes back and then all of a sudden he's like back in shape and he's doing uh, Kevin De Bruyne things mm-hmm. you know he's the best he's the best midfielder in the league and Early he shows it all the time right yeah. so uh, it's just it's so annoying it's irritating because you just want to see somebody else do something somebody away from Liverpool yeah. and City do something and Chelsea was supposed to be it this year and, mm-hmm. uh, and there's still a lot of there's still a long time to mm-hmm. go this season there really is a lot of but games yeah. a lot of games left but it doesn't look good when you're stick you know the MO of the Premier League is everybody can beat everybody but mm-hmm. City walks over everybody yeah. City and Pep so We'll see how the season ends, man. We'll see how the season ends. But uh, speaking on City uh, and, uh, you know, letting go of people. Wait, they have Tottenham coming up, don't they? Uh, I think so. I can't remember. So they have us and then they have Tottenham. Whoa, City can drop points. They they could drop points. I think they they are going to drop points, but... It may not impact them too much. Because they're nine points nine, ahead, right? Is it like, nine or ten? Uh, I don't know. They're 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 high up there, right? It's ten, so, against, ten against Liverpool and nine against Chelsea, right? Yeah, something like that. I don't know, but they're high up there. That's what I know. Uh, but uh, they they just let Ferran Torres go, and Ferran Torres, like we should should have seen how he started this season, man. Mm-hmm. That kid, that kid's an idiot. He should have stayed. Yeah, he should have stayed. I'm like, how? Why? He said Barca's calling. I'm like, Ferran, why? Like, why are you... Oh. Did you see... Did you Could see... You, the, did you and, see and the, the reason... Thing, and the they, reason... How they announced him on, on Barcelona's day? I, I didn't. I didn't. Now, but, I, but, I, but before, before I lose my train of thought here, because Ferran, right? Like, I, and you, you could hear me complain. You can hear me complain about City right now, right? Yeah. And you're asking them to keep Ferran. 
But the reason why is just because Ferran used to play for Valencia, and mm -hmm. I love I love Valencia. Valencia is like my, uh, you know, Valencia is my uh, uh, Spanish team. But Ferran, what Ferran did, like uh, what he did with uh, Valencia, mm -hmm. like he was getting up there, but with City under Pep. This kid has become like he he just become a menace. Mm -hmm. He plays so freaking well. Like he's so good. The way he moves, the way he takes his chances, the shots, just everything. Mm -hmm. And he's not even a striker, but he can play as a striker, he can play as a winger, he can play as a mid He is such a talented kid and mm -hmm. working on the Pep. Why would you lose this opportunity? Yeah. The and the funny thing is, Pep is gonna play you. Yeah, he doesn't play all the time, like you see with Grealish. He doesn't. He didn't play Grealish. He didn't play Jack Grealish that much. But we know that in this is Grealish's first year. Yeah. Next year, Grealish is going to get his opportunity. Next year, some players are going to leave and all that, and Grealish is going to get his chance. And that's where the intelligence. You're going to see him grow. Mm -hmm. We used to cry about Foden all the time. Why is he not playing Foden? Why is he not playing Foden? No, he's Look at Foden, Foden now. Time, like yeah. Foden is like, so the Pep's Pep has the way. Trust mm -hmm. in his way. Yeah. He's done so many. He's the, yeah, and I'm like, Ferran is leaving the bar. So I'm like. Why? Mm -hmm. That club is a sh that club is a shambles. Like they're worse than United. They're almost yeah. bankrupt and all <laughs> this crazy thing. How can they even afford this guy? Didn't they right? just get like a massive like uh, TV deal or something? Apparently, oh, so a stadium with, deal with, or like, something. With like two billion. Apparently, I don't. Them and Real Madrid got it. I don't know, man. But like these guys are shady, man. Like how are they getting <laughs> these deals done? They don't have money, and they're able to sign for Ron Torres. Right? Oh, mm. man. But, dude, man, like, I'm just... They, they announced Ferran. They, like, they, they announced the signing of Ferran. And then after that, <laughs> they announced that Ferran's broken his leg. Really? <laughs> <laughs> He's broken his leg? I saw some shit on Twitter, man. No, no <laughs> way, man. Really? Think, yeah, I think so. But I oh, think I they also might be this. joking. They also oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Because I know, right? always injured, right? Yeah, because I know, like, the, with the Aguero res resignation, like, yeah. I felt bad, right? Like, you know, Aguero resigning and all that. But yeah, uh, but people were making fun of Laporta, and they were saying he was happy that that happened because then he had free cash to go sign a newer, yeah. uh, fitter yeah. uh, striker, striker, right? Yeah. If Ferran broke his leg, that would, that would be horrible. There's talks about Dembele coming to Man U, eh? Oh, my God, dude, man. If Dembele comes to Manchester United, I will stop. I will stop supporting Manchester United. <laughs> really? I'm done. Dembele is such a good player, though. But he's, I don't he's care. Injury prone. Yeah. So, like, remember, we, we, you and I have talked about this stuff, right? Yeah. Availability. He's, he's, he's attitude. If, no, not even attitude. I, I heard he's a good kid. Uh, availability. No, no, no. They always used to be mad at him. Messi used to be mad at no, him. No, they used to be mad at him because he used to, to come shoot. late yeah, and all that. But practice. he's a good kid. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, like what? He's, Staying up playing video games. Yeah, playing FIFA, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, who doesn't do that, right? All y'all, all you little kids do this these yeah. days. But anyway, so the, 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 uh, for for me, uh, Dembele. If Dembele comes to United, I'm done. I would just, I, you guys, I would just stop supporting Manchester United. I'm done. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But still, it's just it's it's uh, he can't. What if he comes and starts balling and then balls for like a year, two years, he's not and then after that becomes a poster boy for Manchester United? He's not gonna ball, bro. <laughs> he's not gonna ball. I'm sorry, homie. Like he's there's no Dembele De De ball. Do you remember the time when Dembele was like regarded as like the best fucking with like, Borussia, young, yeah, younger guy yeah. coming up? We, he was a menace mm -hmm. with Borussia Dortmund. Um, 
and I used to watch it. And I'm like, oh my goodness, him and Aubameyang back then, and back in FIFA too. Like yeah, they had such a they great used to just they used to play. You know, if you had if you saw Dortmund, mm-hmm. what you would have seen was Dembele, Aubameyang, and Roos on the other side. It was gross. It was disgusting. <laughs> One of the most disgusting setups you could ever yeah. play against on FIFA. Uh, but Dembele is just a, he's a joke. He's, uh, you know, the kid is, he's not that good. How he's is always he injured. Um, I think he's 23, 24. Holy. Yeah. He's always injured, man. Always injured. And they like, def- get themselves in the gym. La- Laporte, exactly. Laporte, Laporte uh, came out and said he's better than Mbappe. And I'm like, you can say whatever you want to say with your stupid opinions. But Mbappe uh, a, is always beast. there. He's always there. Yeah. So... Anyway. But Mbappe does have his injury spells too. He's always there. I don't care if he has injury spells. He's all you, you, you don't you don't you don't see you don't see Mbappe missing football games. Mm-hmm. Let, tell me last time you heard him miss football games. But you hear Neymar is missing football games. Yeah, yeah, why why is Neymar missing football games? Because when you pass the ball to Neymar, he holds it. Neymar too. starts dribbling everybody like he's playing and uh, you and know. then and then when he starts dribbling, his ankle is in weird angles. Exactly, and, and then somebody sits somebody sits on it, and then that's the end of his season. Yeah, right. So that you gotta as a player, you need to understand how to like play it so that you're not in those positions all the time. Yeah, his rigidity is his uh, downfall. Yeah, that's it. Um, speaking of which, uh, ev- um, we are gonna be losing a lot of players to the African Nations Cup. Oh yeah. This not, is, not us though. We lose Mendy. That's it. Yeah, you guys lose Mendy. Um, Salah is gonna be uh, going. Mane is gonna be going. going. Liverpool dropping points. We know that. We, they they probably will. Yeah. Uh, but you never know. Jota coming in there Divock doing his thing. Divock, yeah, Mister uh, Seventy Minutes. Yeah. Uh, Eighty Minutes. Um, but uh, uh, what they call it? Um, the African Nations Cup apparently has been taking a lot. Some people have been saying how disrespected this cup is, and I tweeted the other day. You ain't sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, we're gonna we we probably should do a show like kind of like a quick preview maybe yeah. when the thing starts on who we think is gonna win it. Not today because we're out of time. Yeah. But I just wanted to kind of touch on this because I thought like a lot of African people get in their feelings sometimes too yeah. much. And when I say in their feelings, They're it's not, not it's not really like real feelings. Yeah. It's not like uh, oh you know blah blah blah. It's ego. Mm-hmm. They get in their ego yeah, a yeah, lot. Yeah, yeah. And here's why I'm going to say it. And, and, and here's my take on it. My opinion, you don't need to listen to it. It's a bad opinion. It may be a good opinion. You may not like it. But people are saying the African Nations Cup gets disrespected. I saw this the other day. One guy that I follow on uh, Twitter, Thiago, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, on Instagram, tweeted this. Like, it gets, he's like, it's hilarious. Like, it's, he's like, he's, he's mad how much disrespect uh, African Nations Cup gets. Mm-hmm. And I responded back and I said, until Africa starts to put in the work, starts to win in the world stage, mm-hmm. and when I talk about winning, not like like last World Cup. Remember what Africa did? Mm. Did any person go into the second round? Yeah, France. <laughs> <laughs> you see, France, right? <laughs> right there, you go, right, France. Yeah. The, so, best, the best African team. The best African team, France, <laughs> won the thing. But not a single African country. Mm-hmm. Made it into the second round. Yeah. How gross that is. That's nasty. Nigeria almost did it. How gross that Argentina. is. Oh, Nigeria almost did it. Nigeria almost did it, but mm-hmm. did they do it in 2014. No. Nope. They did it in 2010. Mm-mm. Actually, they did it in Brazil. Yeah, they did it in Brazil. Yeah, they did. Uh, they they got to the second, and I think they lost to France or the. 
yeah, yeah, it yeah, was yeah. France. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now they did it. Nigeria did it, right? Mm-hmm. But that's like one, and Algeria, I think, did it, and they go, went to they got to Germany. I think Germany yeah. kicked them out. Yeah, Germany. But apart from that, those are the last two teams that has made it to the second round of the World Cup from Africa. Why would they give you respect? Mm-hmm. Why would a European the guys that pay, you know, your top players their salary, mm-hmm. give you guys respect. For what reason? Mm-hmm. You guys are there for participation. Oh, let's just... You know when you make a tournament in uh, FIFA? Yeah, yeah. Okay, let me just add this team because I need a team to play against. <laughs> That's what Africa is right now. Mm. If you don't win, forget it, homie. If you're not winning anything in the World Cup, in the international stage, or, or, forget or it. Or going up to like maybe the quarters or oh, the semi. That's what exactly hit right. the quarter, hit this, mm-hmm. hit the semi-final for once. As well as your development is not that good. So if you look and and then if you look at the way they play football, the only the only team right now in my eyes that can at least do something in the world stage is Senegal. Yeah, yeah Senegal but the is really but, good. but the problem with Senegal is. They also get caught up in all this mess, and then they start screwing up, and they make mistakes, and they, and they get punished, and they get bottled. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know, if you want respect, earn it. Mm-hmm. Every bloody like every bloody time I see them crying about it, you know, Ahmad is one of the biggest culprits. Oh, racism, this, <laughs> racism, that. Yeah, call it racism all you want. We suck. Mm-hmm. Win a bloody like get to the semifinal, get to the quarterfinal consistently, yeah. then. Then, the uh, then you can now talk. If yeah. people say, "Hey, your tournament is shit," shut the fuck up. It is not shit. You guys mm-hmm. are shit. But if you don't do anything there, then you forget it. And another thing too is another thing too that everybody doesn't talk about. It is a devalued cup. And mm-hmm. you know what a devalued? You know what causes a devalued cup? Corruption. I'm, no, yeah, corruption. Blah blah blah. There's corruption in every cup, I think. Yeah, but yeah. but Africa, do you know what makes it devalued? Let me tell you. How many times did they host the African Nations Cup? Every every two years. Every two years. How many times did they host the European Cup? Every two years. Are you sure? Or is it every four years? Uh-huh. See, but the, you know the reason why it messed with you? Mm-hmm. Because you're thinking of the World Cup around the same time. Yeah, because yeah, of yeah. the yeah. World Cup is every four years. Mm-hmm. European Cup is every four years. Copa America should be every four years, but because they wanted Messi to win something and they were going to help him as much as possible, they guess to the centenario or whatever they call the bloody thing, yeah. um, you know, and then all of a sudden they made like three cups in the span of five years or something ridiculous like that, right? Mm-hmm. And to me, that cup was devalued. Yeah. You devalue by your cup by playing it consistently. Mm. If the World Cup was played every two years, it's no a great, joke. Yeah. It is no meaning. When a player, when the difficulty to get into a cup First of all, then the second stage to win the cup. Mm-hmm. That is brutal. It's a grueling thing. Mm-hmm. These players don't see the, these these guys week in, week out. It's almost like a, a mini vacation yeah. slash let's get let's do something together together for our national team. Mm-hmm. You know, the call to arms. Yeah, yeah. Right? By doing it every four years, everybody respects that trophy. Yeah, because it's you don't it's get not to you don't get to play it every time. time. Yeah. I, the last time I played the... That's why the Nations League is kind of a joke because everybody, UEFA Nations League, even though it's, it's fun, it's, it's just, cool. It's just a bunch of friendlies. You know, it's just like a, a glorified fl- friendlies, yeah. right? But it's every year. So mm-hmm. everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And then they now try to add more meaning to it mm-hmm. by, you know, making... making groups uh, and... Yeah, like making groups and tiers and, mm-hmm. you know, it impacts your uh, qualifiers for World Cups and Euros and things like that. Yeah. They started to do things like that. 
But it's still kind of like, eh, you know, if I still win my group, I'm still going to be the one going through. Yeah. Right? The World Cup, the World Cup every four years, and this is why everybody's beefing with Infantino and Wenger, is that, oh, you want to set it every two, two years. Two years, yeah. Africa is the only ones that I say in every two bloody years. Mm-hmm. And the worst, and they do have the worst time. I get it is on January because of the weather is not usually the best in June, July. Mm-hmm. It's the wet season. I get that. But, okay, then just respect yourselves and do it every four bloody freaking years. No, we're going to do it every two years. How are people supposed to take your cup seriously then? Mm-hmm. How? Right? How? You know, oh, we want our players back. Okay, then then maybe on one cup, uh, the players need to be kept in, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, the players in, uh, in Europe need to be kept in Europe mm-hmm. for one cup. On the second year, then you cannot get those players in Europe. Yeah. Right? Say, okay, one is for our boys in Africa because we know they don't get a lot of exposure. Mm-hmm. And another one is for ev- all of the other boys that go up in Europe and go play. Right? Right? Then do it that way. Then we'll, we'll you know, we'll take you guys a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. But then, nah, no. You know, and then Eto comes out, opens his big mouth. And it's just like, oh, you know, yeah, you guys should not disrespect it. And it's like, nobody's disrespecting a thing. Africa is not winning. If Africa was winning... Everybody would be like, that cup is the cup you need to watch. That's mm-hmm. where the next best talent is coming from. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but... <laughs> yeah, so anyway. Um, so that's my two cents. People may not like it. I know people like to get all up in their feelings about, like, uh, this racism and this and that. Look, earn your keep, guys. Mm-hmm. Stop asking for handouts. Fight for your, fight for your right to be there. Mm-hmm. Fight for it. Don't ask for handouts from nobody. That's the way we were raised. Real, a real African person knows the struggle. struggle. We yeah. know what it takes for us to bust our ass to get to, get to somewhere and mm-hmm. be respected for it. Right. But if you're giving handouts, hell no. Oh, they want, you want respect? Here's how you get respect. Win. Mm-hmm. Win. Show them like the football that we play is, is, is a better version of what you guys play. Right. And to be honest, when I watch that football, that football is shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love watching, the, I'm, I love watching those tournaments. Mm-hmm. I, I tune it on. On, on uh, World Cup, they had the, the qualifiers. So you, you can go search up the qualifiers mm-hmm. on YouTube. Go and watch Nigeria play. Shit. Mm. It was terrible. I couldn't believe what my eyes... I was like, is this what Africa is producing? This is absolute garbage. That's why Gennaro got fired. That's one of the reasons he got fired. <laughs> he was getting results, but it was absolute garbage. I'm like, you can get results against this team. You, go to, you, go, you go to the World Cup, you're going to get blown. Even Canada is going to blow you out of the water yeah. because you're playing so terrible. They all want to be physical. They want to use force to like kill the other guy to try to get a... You know, to... to, to um. To get goals and to do... It's like, no, man. Just, like, pass the bloody ball for, like, five yards. Get a rhythm mm-hmm. going. Like, you just talked about it. Chelsea, like, they wanted to kill the, They wanted to kill some things. They wanted to, you know, keep possession. Do, do that for a little bit. Yeah. The only team that looks capable of doing that right now is Senegal. Yeah. Algeria is also there in a yeah. way. But Senegal is the only team. The other, other team that actually plays with Flav, Morocco. Yeah. Morocco is a beautiful African yeah, team. Yeah, yeah. But the problem with them is they get... So messed up, they don't do anything mm-hmm. when they are up in the uh, uh, in the you know in the World Cup. Like this drives me insane, man. I was talking to um one of my guys, uh, one of the other coaches, uh, my uh, coach game calls him Capello. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to him. He's not Capello, but um, he played in the Netherlands. He said the best talent in Netherlands is Moroccans. Yeah, Moroccan players are the best, best talents out, out in, in out in out, out in. Uh, 
in Holland. Yeah. But you know their problem? They hit they hit 16, they start selling weed. Mm. They start doing drugs. Yeah. And and because of that, teams can't take risks on them mm-hmm. because they're like, well, you're gonna bring disrepute to the club, mm-hmm. you know, do all these things. Right? Like this talent this we have talented players. Mm-hmm. We have players that can do the business. We're not winning. Yeah. Win. Win and then you get respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, we're out of time. Yeah. I got a game to get to. That was fun. Um, but um We'll do this next time again. Absolutely. Hopefully next week. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. All right. But in the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. Thank you for listening to the Calgary Bulls Football Podcast. Please, please like, subscribe if you can, and share, share with, with your, your friends. friends. You have you have yourself a blessed day. We'll chat with you guys later. Thank you guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Ciao.